0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the Twenty Four Seven Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. That is David Lake. We are coming to you um, after what has really been a busy twenty-four hours for the Hurricanes. Miami um, going to have a probably the biggest graduate transfer on the market visiting Coral Gables uh, at some point this weekend. And at Kings. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit about him. Uh, We're going to share some more thoughts on new accusations for for Manny Diaz in in terms of his staff, uh, Garen Justice, the new offensive line coach, and uh, we're just going to kind of talk some other newsy items. So first off, before we get into that, David, how are
1: you doing on this fine Friday? Doing well. You're out here breaking major news with (laughs) Derek King visiting. Got me excited. Let's see if it happens. Man, that would be a huge boost to the program. Don't you agree if they're able to get a guy like the King? Yeah, I, I don't think
0: you could um, create a better point man or, or trigger man for Rhett Lashley's offense than a guy like the King. I mean, accounted for 15 total touchdowns back in 2018 when he was at Houston and Kendall Bryles was calling the plays. And then, you know, this past season he played in four games and then elected to red shirt uh, in order to s- preserve a season of eligibility but for uh a guy who and i'm speaking about lashley that wants to run 80 plays a game and uh, get the ball out in space it seems like Derek king is like a guy he would have created in madden uh to run his offense so definitely um some big big news there you know
1: who he reminds me of is former usf quarterback uh quentin flowers i think Derek King is is a guy who essentially is a running back that can throw it. Um, you know, I think when he first arrived at Houston, he was mainly playing wide receiver. Uh, and he has 59 career catches to his name for like 504 yards. He also has returned a kickoff for a touchdown. So there's a ton of athleticism there with Derek King. Um He's not like an NFL-level, slice-you-up type passer, but he's a guy that is a tremendous threat with his legs, and he can throw the deep ball fairly well. He throws a nice deep ball. Um, And those are two things that, as you said, uh, Rhett Lashley definitely looks for in his offense and uses very well. Um, So tell us, I guess, maybe some of the things we need to know about King's visit when does he get in officially and all that good stuff yeah I mean
0: I guess we should kind of rewind to the last podcast we did I think we talked about some uh, potential quarterbacks and we've been really doing that the past couple episodes some guys that were in the portal uh, KJ Costello was one Jamie Newman the kid uh, that was at Wake Forest Uh, he has since transferred to Georgia Anthony Brown the kid from Boston College he's another guy that uh, I think we mentioned, or I know you, you wrote about on yeah. the site there at length, uh, seems like things are dead with him. Um, from what I gathered, some of the recent reports out there, uh, in the media about Miami's culture, uh, haven't helped, uh, with, with Anthony Brown, but, um, that's fine now because Miami's going to swing for what I think is probably, you know, like I mentioned, the best option for the hurricanes in, in DR at King. So, um, just, just the background, like you said. I mean, he was a kid who accounted for 1,300 yards, or, or excuse me, 13,000 yards of offense uh, at Manville High School in Texas. Coming out of high school, uh, 24/7 Sports, most outlets had him as an athlete. Um, and then when he sh- when he showed up at Houston, he he played wide receiver. Eventually, transitioned to quarterback. Had had a really good 2017 campaign. 2018 was was really the breakout year. Um, and then they entered 2019. I remember there was a there was a changing of of the guard. Uh, Dana Olgerson came in um, and one of the marquee games of, of week one was Houston taking on Oklahoma uh, Derek had a very good game. I think I think he was two touchdowns a, a bunch of yards, but Houston came up short They ended up losing some more games and, and they opened the year a, a disappointing one and three So the decision was made. Hey, he's gonna redshirt preserve a year I think Holgerson told reporters that, that that was the plan. But as soon as uh, the red shirt was mentioned, a lot of rumors started circulating that this kid was eventually going to enter the transfer portal. And um, he really waited till like the 11th hour to do it. So as soon yeah. as that name went in, uh, what was it like third quarter of the national championship game ruined, ruined my yep. national championship game night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Miami reached out to him. And from what I've heard, this is, this is all Rhett Lashley and, um, Manny Diaz is also very involved. They, they want this guy, so they're going to get him uh, on campus, or he's already visited campus, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, the, the, the plan. The, the latest I heard as of early Friday morning was that he flew in uh, Thursday night. He was going to spend all of Friday in Coral Gables. I think the visit was going to stretch a little into Saturday. That's where it kind of gets... Uh, murky on on what's next. I know Maryland is fighting to get him on campus. Mike Loxley's leading the charge there. Our Maryland site, uh, Jeff Ellman, uh, inside MD Sports, he says, I think he reported a few hours before he taped this, that Maryland's expecting him at some point on Saturday. So it sounds like he's going to visit both schools uh, and then make it a decision because the uh, last day to register for a class at Miami is Tuesday.
1: Do you think, so he's a guy who's essentially... From the Houston area. Uh, went to school at Houston, obviously. Do you think that big city vibe is something that Miami has going for it?
0: I mean, I don't I don't really know. I mean, I think he's probably just looking for a fit. Um, I mean, uh, that could help. I, I, I mean, I really don't know. I, I think it's going to be more of a fit. I, I do think it helps that Miami is a quote-unquote pro city. But... He probably wants to go somewhere where he's going to win games. And that's where I think Miami might have a little bit of a leg up on, on Maryland. I know, um, Maryland had, um, you know, their ups and downs this season, much like Miami did. But if I'm Miami, I'm pitching man, like, Hey, you're coming in, you're starting. And we're a team that's just been a quarterback away from, from a few good years. I mean, Miami's 13 and 13 over the, over the past two seasons, they're, they're a perfect 500. And, They've done it with a very, very talented defense, like a, a top 25-level defense. So I, I think that's what they try to pitch him. And I, would, I think they also try to tell him, like, hey, man, you are exactly what Rhett needs in this offense. And the thing is, that, I don't know if we mentioned this, or I can't remember if we mentioned this a few minutes ago, but if, if Derek King comes in, he kind of masks that that offensive line that's, that's not great just because he can run around. Yeah. So um, he, that, that's one of the reasons, other reasons why I think he'd be the, the perfect fit for
1: Miami. No doubt. And, you know, I think, too, um, Derek King, I tell me if you agree with this, but in my mind, he is essentially what maybe we thought Tate Martell was in terms of skill set and, you know, being the athletic guy who can throw it well enough. I think that's actually more what Derek King is, right, than what Tate Martell has proven to be. Right,
0: right, right, right. I mean, um, I, I, I think he would just, you know, kind of give this offense a go. I mean, like, if you had, like, what what would you project the record to be with 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 a Derek King? I guess, I, I guess, yeah. how many wins do you think he's he's equal to?
1: Well, that's interesting. I mean, I, I would like to see how the schedule plays out, um, but I do think. The jump to nine wins, you know, maybe if everything goes well, ten wins. I think that is possible with D'Eric King because, as you've alluded to, the defense has been good enough. The defense has been ten-win caliber uh, the last two years, but the quarterback play and the offense has not been to that level. Um, So I think if you you get a guy like D'Eric King and he produces like the way we think he will produce – Definitely nine or ten wins, I think, is attainable, and that's pretty much exactly what Manny Diaz needs in year two. All right, I, I do have a question for you because I I wrote this one
0: down, but before I bring it up, I, I also want to say I think if you get Derek King, that helps you get maybe some of these other guys that are that are floating around out there in 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 the transfer portal, like a, a Quincy Rocher or or some of these offensive linemen. Like he's a polarizing figure. Lots of people know who Derek King is. Uh, I think it was a Maxwell semifinalist in 2018. So I think it would help Miami get some of those guys, maybe yeah. help some of the guys on, on Miami's current roster, like the receivers, like ensure that they want to stay. So I think it would help that. But my, my question for you, because it's almost like we are not deja vu, or this is like the same thing last winter. You know, um, yeah. Miami got a new offensive coordinator. Dan Enos came in uh, right away. Jalen Hurts visited. Maryland was also involved. It's just the random school that's involved in all this, and we all know he ended up at Oklahoma. Um, this year, Lashley's hired. Derek King visiting. He's eventually going to go to Maryland probably after this, but um, if Lashley gets Derek King, does that already make him better than uh, Danny Enos?
1: I, I think it's hard to argue with that. I, I do think there what, there is something to the connection of Enos and Hertz in terms of why Manny Diaz wanted to hire Dan Enos. He thought maybe that could be a package deal. Obviously it didn't end up that way, but I think if Dan Enos was able to deliver Jalen Hertz, it's fair to say Miami would have been, you know, in my opinion, a nine or 10 win team this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if Rhett Lashley then can deliver, I mean, it, Let's be real, at college football and football in general, a lot of it is simply about the quarterback. And so if Rhett Lashley can deliver De'Eric King and significantly upgrade that position uh, essentially on day one, then yeah, he's going to be better than Dan Enos no matter what system he's running. And that's a big deal.
0: Anything else you want to touch on
1: uh, with him, I guess? I think, too, it's worth mentioning, like, Rhett Lashley has experienced this past year at SMU uh, working with a, a grad transfer in year one and having a ton of success with that grad transfer. So Shane Bouchelle uh, graduated from Texas, transferred to SMU, and last season in his first year working with Rhett Lashley put up huge numbers. So he can also point to that as, you know, look. You don't necessarily have to be in my system for two or three years before you're going to be putting up big numbers. It's kind of a plug and play, go, you know, produce at a high level type system. And I would think that would be attractive to Derek King as well.
0: I didn't even think about that. That's a that's a good point, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a huge selling point because no matter where he goes... Boom! He's gonna need. He's gonna need and want to produce at a high level immediately. So, Brett Lashley has that track record.
0: Last thing I will say to um, I had a chance to watch Derek King actually throw um, oh. this past June slash July at, at the opening, or I should say, the Elite Eleven Finals. Okay. Uh, because um, you, you know they they invite out some college quarterbacks to be kind of right. counselors, and then they put them all through the the, the pro day, which is twenty three scripted throws. Um, and all the college kids go first and I got to see D Eric King do it. And I was, I, I really didn't know who he was at the time, but, uh, his deep ball is pretty impressive. But just the fact that they had him at that shows just people in the quarterback community think very highly of him kind of as a pro pro, pro prospect and everything like that. So, um, that, that was pretty cool. So how would I, you again, say,
1: is he a better thrower than Tate Martell? No doubt. Cause you've seen, oh him yeah,
0: as, yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. I think so. Tell me this too, uh, just with De'Eric and and recruiting. What kind of spark in general do you think, you know, getting a guy like that, having him in that type of offense? And again, this this won't play out probably till the fall till we all see it. But what could that do for Miami's recruiting efforts on the offensive side of the ball? You know, assuming De'Eric King plays well at Miami.
0: I think you could do wonders, not only in quarterback but just skill position guys. I mean, um, I was kind of thinking about this the other night. And, you know, Miami's recruiting for the 2021 cycle isn't exactly the greatest right now. We've seen a lot more decommitments than we have uh, seen commitments. But, um, you know, if if the offense goes up there and lights it up, like I think some top local kids will will definitely be attracted and and appealing to them. And I also think if everything – if King were to come and everything goes to plan, like he's be going to become uh, a national name. Yeah. Um, like there's going to be a lot of hype around that. And 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 that's what they kind of need. We, I mean, we saw it with Greg Russo on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, just, just right. imagine that on offense. So I, I think it, it would
1: definitely help. Right. Anything else on Derek or wrap it yeah. up? Uh, let's,
0: let's transition to the, the two other visitors for Miami this weekend. Um, the contact period opened up on Friday uh, after that month long dead period. So there's three, we got three weekends of visits before um, February's traditional national signing day. Hurricanes hosting two official visitors um, Avante Williams, the top 24 7 safety out of DeLand. He's been expected to come for a while. Uh, the other one is a surprise visitor. Somehow everyone else has already confirmed that he's visiting because. I mean I don't know where they're getting that because it's not an easy to get information but uh, the other kid is tucker georgia four star cornerback isaiah Dunson. he's a former Florida state commit uh, listed right outside the top twenty four seven six two corner uh he can he can run probably some 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 schools see him as a safety miami likes him at cornerback so those are the two other uh, official visitors
1: does does Dunson see himself as a corner or as a safety?
0: I, I think he sees himself as a as a corner for sure, which is okay. music to Mike Rumpier's.
1: So in a lot of ways that's somewhat similar to Christian Williams last year, right? Just the timing. Some schools like like a guy as a safety, he likes himself as a corner. That's kind of what Christian Williams, who, you know, we can recap. He was what, a former Alabama commit last year, decommitted. Yeah, um, lsu made a run at him as a safety miami made a run at him as a corner and miami ended up getting him right
0: yeah that that's a good way to, to compare it i think um it seems like dunson's recruitment's a little bit more open uh he was scheduled to be at ole miss this weekend he bumped that in favor of miami but texas is also in there but no i i, I do agree with that kind of comparison i mean i i, I there's some people that You know, might not be the biggest Isaiah Dunson fans out there. But my point is, is, you know, there's not a lot of unsigned kids just walking around. There's not a lot of unsigned four star corners, especially in a year where we've been saying, um, you know, really since the spring that it's just not a good year nationally for corners. And Miami, trust me, they took their swings at some big guys like there's um, there's some things that went on that I haven't put out there yet down the stretch um, but you know, th- this, this looks like one of the best options that's available. So let's just kind of see how it plays
1: out and, uh, and what Mike Rump's able to do. Do you think he is at the top of their corner board right now, or it's just, this is when he could visit. So he's visiting on the first available weekend.
0: No, this is, this is the guy that's, uh, from what I've gathered, I mean, there's some other names in play. Edric right. Whitley, he's a he's a kid out of Texas. I, I think I like the San Antonio area. A real late bloomer, three-star kid, sleeper. Um, he's going to visit next weekend on the 24th. Uh, Jamari Colson's another kid from Georgia. He's at Stone Mountain. Um, I think he's a former Alabama commit as well. He's visiting Georgia Tech this weekend. Will likely be at Miami next weekend. So those are the two other corners in there. Uh, but it seems like Dunson's the guy they want. I think if you're Miami... You would have loved to bring him in the weekend of February 3rd. Only issue is there is um, that's Super Bowl weekend, and it's yeah. it's going to be a bit of a mess. And I don't think you want a guy who's coming down here to party um, for, you know, or, or, or enjoy the festivities because and, and that's going to be all of South Florida. You know, that's not just yes. Miami Gardens. So uh, I, I, I get it. So bring the kid in now and just kind of see where you're at. And, and, and you know what? Maybe you realize that Dunson isn't going to happen then you turn to the portal or something like that.
1: So with Avante Williams, I'll just say he's one of my favorite players in the state this cycle. I think he's an absolute stud safety that, you know, very versatile. He can cover as well as a corner. And he also comes up and smacks you like a safety. Um, So I think he's a complete stud. Um, But realistically, Andrew, you know, we can get into the reasons why, but how... How much of a chance does Miami have with Avante in your mind?
0: Uh, I moved my crystal ball to um, Florida. I think the day after his cousin Lorenzo Lingard transferred to Florida, or I think it was actually he put his name in the transfer portal. I mean, I think Florida is the team to beat, but I do think Miami has a fighting chance. I mean, a lot of Miami fans and and supporters are upset that the Hurricanes are even bringing him in for a visit, but. He's the nation's number two ranked safety, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, a guy that Manny Diaz and e from Banda have known since the kid was in eighth grade, a guy that was previously committed to the Hurricanes. And, well, you know, why not shoot your shot? I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. And right. as Avante pointed out to me at the Under Armour All-America game, he, he told me, he goes, yeah, Miami was six and seven, but in, in the games I watched, the defense looked pretty good. And, I mean, he's got a point, so... Uh, we'll see, but I, I would expect him to end up at, at Florida. And I, I think probably the dark horse in this is Georgia. I know he's going to get to Georgia the last weekend, uh, which is that we can excuse. I, I previously said the the third, it's actually the
1: 31st, but that would stretch in, um, to February. So is it mainly those three teams right now? Is there another one trying to sneak in there too, or? Florida, no, those Georgia, are the Miami.
0: Those are the three. I mean, uh, you know, the crystal ball had a random old Miss projection for right. a little bit. But, yeah, those are the three. I, I think uh, someone mentioned at, at, at one point um, LSU, but LSU's tight on space, man. So I, I don't see them getting involved.
1: Right. And, again, you mentioned it, but Avante Williams is the cousin of Lorenzo Lingard, who just transferred to Florida. So I think just keep that in mind with uh, Avante Williams's recruitment. Anything I mean, and, uh,
0: no, I think they're those two are close, but I don't know. I've known those two for uh, four, three, four years now, and I've talked to them together yeah. when they're together and when, when they're away. And like, yeah, I mean, they're close, but I don't think they're like close, close. I, I don't uh, think they're one different,
1: dictates dudes. They're different yeah. too, just personality. So that's fair. I, yeah.
0: I mean, I don't think that's the end all be all, but I do still think that Florida's the team to beat for Avante. Yes. Anything else with the visitors? Nope. Uh, So coming up on the other side, we're going to talk, what are we going to talk about? Garen Justice, um, Boba Baxa entering the portal, and
1: more. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
0: All right, guys, we're back from, uh, that quick break. David, Thoughts on Miami's new offensive line coach, Garen Justice. We fans, or or are we not? Yeah,
1: no. I'll be honest. I didn't know who he was when, when you know it, it was starting to come out that he was the guy. Um, but after looking more into it, I think it it obviously makes sense in terms of um, he has coached in a spread offense, the type of offense that Rhett Lashley is is going to install at Miami. I think too. Uh, he's a younger guy, and I think that fits when you have a, a younger offensive coordinator like Rhett Lashley. Um, one thing I liked about Guerin, uh, with doing some research into him, is that he has he's had a lot of success with uh, offensive lines that have been good at leading the way for productive rushing attacks. So he was the offensive line coach at fau when uh what was their big time running back andrew a couple years back motor come on man motor Devin, Devin singletary Devin singletary right on the buffalo
0: so, bills man come on i got a jersey and all no, i'm just kidding big time big time owl
1: fan but yeah he's uh he he ran for what 1900 yards and some like 30 ridiculous touchdowns something like that and so garen was the offensive line coach there and um uh, you know, with UNLV also too, I think he's he was two the last two years he was the offensive line slash offensive coordinator at UNLV, and each one of those years he had a thousand yard rusher uh, with two different running backs. So one thousand yard rusher one year, and then another guy did it the next year. So that's something I personally want to see moving forward: is Miami getting a you know, targeting some offensive linemen that are going to be able to impose their will more in the run game. I thought this year's offensive line was kind of atrocious at doing that this year. Uh, Just those short yardage battles, they never won. Uh, They could never punch it in in the red zone, it seemed. Um, So that's an area I think Manny also wanted to emphasize with this hire. And I think he's kind of hit on that with this this garen justice hire so you know we'll see you never know till you actually get to watch him work and and kind of evaluate how they recruit and all that stuff but i think it's a hire that makes a lot of sense
0: i do as well um i actually have crossed paths with garen a, a bunch of times out, out on the recruiting trail you know he was at florida atlantic um when he was at unlv he actually re- re- recruited this area a little bit so i i think it's uh a good hire for a lot of the same reasons that you said. Um, I'm looking for these stats because I wrote it somewhere, but I can't find them. So the the two things I like is, number one, Garen was at the the D2 level. He was a head coach at the D2 level um, before he really started getting into, before he ended up at FAU and then Arizona and UNLV. He started off as as a head coach at that level, which to me, it, it means he knows how to game plan. But he also knows how to recruit. Like, he's not a Butch Berry who's coming over from the NFL um, who is used to just, oh, well, we'll just go sign someone, meaning like a free agent. Like, this is, he, he understands that you have to go out and, and work to get kids in, and, and especially at that level where it's so difficult um, with limited scholarships. So, I like that. Um, I, I can't find these numbers. I, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through all my notes. But I, I also like it, and you pointed out, is. Uh, the rushing attack. I think um, the the stuff rate that that Football Outsiders dot com uses uh, Miami last season. So what the, the stuff rate is? It's percentage of, of rush plays that are go for zero yards or, or or stopped at the line of scrimmage. Miami was like in the ninety seventh in the country, and and UNLV, a team that went four and eight this past season, they were like twenty fifth. So to me, that means his offensive lineman can can create a drive um and pick up yards and if you look at what one of Miami's main struggles were this past season is they were terrible on third down and why was that it's well they they oftentimes didn't pick up much of any yardage on first down and which is typically a running down so it was a lot of second and second and nine second and tens and those quickly lead into third third and tens third and 11 so I think from that it's good and uh, I, I think his offensive line, according to pro football focus, was like 32nd in the country. Uh, that's yeah. what I graded out as uh, or, or in the rushing department. So um, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Uh, I know some people wanted Auburn's J.B. Grimes. I don't think he would have been a personality fit in, in Miami. So we'll see. Again, you pointed it out, we don't know what happens until, um, I guess, really four or five weeks into the season. But I think it's a hire that makes a lot of sense.
1: You touched on this a little bit already, but and honestly, I think this also extends to Rhett Lashley, Um, but I'm excited with Garen and Rhett in that I think they are going to be more willing recruiters, if that makes sense. I think they're going to kind of embrace the grind of recruiting. Do you think that's fair to say? I do, and this
0: time last year, it seemed like um, we we were going to get some of that out of out of Barry and, and Dan Enos, and then it kind of really just dwindled away um, down the stretch. But like I said, I mean, Garen, all he's known is is recruiting. He's never been at the NFL level. And uh, Red, I mean, he was at Auburn, which is a recruiting monster. And then he was at UConn and SMU. And SMU got a lot of players via the portal last year. Shane Bichelle was not the only one. I think they had nine or ten guys. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I think, I mean, I, I don't know if they're – they the eat, breathe, and sleep it. As as I asked Keith a, a few episodes ago, and when, uh, w- right. when we got him to talk about Rhett but I do think they understand. Like that is the key. That is the backbone
1: of your program. Do you think uh, Dan Enos and Butch Berry were active recruiters? Just your opinion overall. No. Okay, so that's <laughs> what mean, I'm getting at. Like I think you know, it will be an upgrade there. Yes. In like,
0: uh, who was I talking to? One of the offensive signees at the Under Armour game, it might have been Jalen Rivers. Yeah, Jalen Rivers. I was like, oh, you know, Danny Enos is out. He's like, to be honest, I don't, you know, I hardly talk to Danny Enos. Danny Enos wasn't really involved at all in my recruitment. And that's, to me, surprising. I mean, I get it. You're an offensive lineman. But, I mean, for a kid who is probably one of your top three offensive recruits, the, the offensive coordinator isn't involved at all. Like that's, that should be a major
1: red flag. Yeah. And you know, a lot of it comes down to, he probably just wanted to recruit quarterbacks. And also he's an older coach who is probably burnt out with recruiting. So yeah, again, this is what we're getting to where the point is, you know, Rhett Lashley, Garrett justice, young guys. Um, and so I think, as I keep saying, the willingness to grind more than the previous two guys in recruiting will be there, but it ultimately comes down to the results, and we'll we'll find out how that looks uh, if this theory holds up to be true in six months or so. Um, real quickly, I found those numbers. Uh,
0: so, PFF had and uh, run blocking grade, excuse me, for UNLV this at, this past season. They were 32nd in the country. Miami was 67th. Uh, football outs, outsider stuff rate um, UNLV was 21st and, and Miami was 115th So uh, if he can do that with those Oof. guys I, I'm interested to see in what he uh, can do here
1: Yeah, and I think the hope too Is, you know, Rhett Lashley's system will help Just with The pass blocking um, Getting the ball out quick Having a mobile quarterback, hopefully um, So that, you know And then in that system you're You're just essentially teaching your uh, offensive line to get in the way you know I mean I think with pro style type of offenses with with working from under center it is a ton of technique on the offensive line that needs to happen that's not necessarily the case with pass protection for spread offenses so you know they often the, the focus of the offensive line coach in a spread offense is kind of teaching how to you know most effectively get a hat on a hat and move people and We'll see if, if and Justice can get that done.
0: Okay. Moving, moving on our, our headlines. Uh, Bubba Baxa entered the transfer portal. Not surprising after uh, Miami not accepted a commitment, but Miami landed FIU graduate transfer, Jose Borregales. Uh, he started classes at Miami this past week. Uh, we'll have one season of eligibility. Um, Thoughts there, or yeah, there's not really not really much to say,
1: (laughs) right? I mean, you know, it was it's a move that should have been expected, I guess. Um, You know, wish Bubba backs all the best. Didn't work out from a mental standpoint, unfortunately. He does have some leg talent, but the consistency just wasn't there. And ultimately, this is a this is a results sport, and Bubba wasn't able to get the results, so. Miami made a move that forced him to move on. So wish him all the luck in the future. And now Miami's going to go from Bordegales to Bordegales, right? Yeah, they're going back to back-to-back. I mean, that's the big
0: thing the people in uh, Coral Gables are excited about is, is, is landing Jose means that you get his brother who might actually be a better kicker. I mean, Andre uh, Bordegales, who uh, committed to Miami this past summer, he's the nation's number one-ranked place kicker. Uh, in the class of 2021, according to the 24-7 sports. So it uh, looks like they have shored up the kicking department kind of moving forward.
1: Tell me this. And again, this is kind of going back to the D'Eric King stuff, but let's say Miami is able to pull D'Eric King. Do you th- how would you grade Manny in terms of addressing the major issues that plagued the 2019 team if they're able to get D'Eric King? So, you know, they get a new kicker, new offensive coordinator and new quarterback. I mean could a. could right. Could Miami a. fans expected better? A-, a plus.
0: I mean we went over it on the last podcast. I I really don't know who would have been a better hire from an offensive coordinator standpoint. I guess maybe Joe Brady, and that wasn't right. realistic. I mean he he's now the head coach at or excuse me, the offensive coordinator at, at the Carolina Panthers. I mean Derek King would be probably the best graduate transfer quarterback out there or, or if not for his system
1: for, for this system, I think so.
0: Yes. And, and then you go and get a, a place kicker who, um, was the Lou Groza semifinalist two years ago. Like that would be checking all the boxes. Now I know a lot of people will give, if you put a pull up on the site, I mean, I think there would be a lot of people that would give Miami like a C and that's primarily because of the whole Alonzo Smith, uh, ordeal or situation or extravaganza I mean or standoff whatever you want to call it um but yeah I think Manny would have done exactly what he needed to do
1: I agree I think he he's addressed if they get Derek King they've addressed their issues as about as well as you could in the span of a month you know um I think that's very impressive and you know then then the it all comes down to, okay, you've addressed your issues on paper. Now it's time to see the results on the field, and and we'll see how that goes. But you touched on it with Alonzo Highsmith. Um, Sounds like it is a wrap now officially, hopefully, fingers crossed, like in terms of it being a saga. like So, uh, again, on Thursday, the Miami Herald reported that – you know, Blake James came out and said that it's just not going to happen. After talking with Alonzo, they couldn't come to an agreement. Um, can we move on now, Andrew? I mean, I don't... I I don't know. I. It would have been nice. It would have been nice if things did work out. Um, and I get... I get why the UM fan base is frustrated that it didn't work out. But ultimately you know if alonzo wanted to join i think he he would have needed to play by manny's rules and blake james's rules and kind of work more with them than work as this solitary boss type figure which that's not what well, they were looking for you know yeah so. and
0: what what i mean you before we started taping this you kind of shared this theory and i'm not putting you on the spot but i think if he comes in and is in a chief of staff role or something else, then all of a sudden he's tied to Manny Diaz and you know, there's a good chance that if Miami doesn't win, Manny Diaz is out next season. So maybe that's one of the reasons why, I mean, you want to expand more on that?
1: Yeah. So I, I don't think Alonzo necessarily wants to be tied to Manny Diaz for the reason you just said. Um, and then, you know, for understandable reasons, I don't think Manny wants Alonzo in in this boss type figure role. Um, you know, that that's kind of looking over his shoulder at Alonzo all the time. So, um, And that's what I think Alonzo Highsmith kind of wanted. He wanted the latter role. So, uh, you know, just conflicting ideas of what this job and role should be and entail, and it didn't work out. So hopefully we can all move on. We do know that uh, Miami is going to try and fill that role with somebody so we'll see who it ends up being but you know doesn't look like it's going to be alonzo highsmith
0: can i just go over real quick uh what exactly that role is from my understanding yeah yeah so what i've heard in other schools have have these these kind of roles um uh, chief of staff is I mean, they're the right hand man for the head coach. What they do is they basically right. uh, evaluate the program in every asset, whether it be your assistant coaches, the recruiting, um, the game planning, the the traveling. You know, should, should you do a walkthrough now or should you do a full padded practice now? Like that's what they do. Um, like they don't come in and draw up plays and I, I, you know, coach the quarterbacks or anything like that. It, it's you're, you're basically a senior advisor. And one of the reasons why Miami, or I should say Manny wanted Todd Stroud is because he was so, um, he, he, he was so knowledgeable. He had done so many different things. He had been a head strength coach. Uh, he'd been a coordinator. Um, he had been a position coach I Had all these different stops. So he was really kind of a, the perfect person for the role, only Jess Simpson left for the NFL, and then Todd Stroud all of a sudden became your D-line coach. So that's who they're going to be looking for. I mean, I, I think I saw someone suggesting Ed Reed for the position. Like, that's that's not going to happen. It's going to be someone who's uh, probably a bit older that, that has some years under his belt.
1: Yeah, it's going to be someone who wants to work with Manny and be tied to Manny and be all in with Manny. Um, so I don't think... Again, this is me speculating. I'm not sure Alonzo Highsmith wanted to be tied to Manny. So, my my guess is that's where the breakdown ultimately happened.
0: Yeah. Um. T- 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 what else do we want to get into? Oh, Blake Baker. How about his name being mentioned uh, for LSU's defensive coordinator uh, opening? <laughs> so, some some context here. Dave Aranda, LSU's two million dollar defensive coordinator. Um, was recently hired at Baylor to be the Baylor's head coach. Uh, our LSU site, I think it's uh, go 24 seven spelled uh, the, the, the Cajun way. Yeah. Spelled go uh, made, made a hot board of defensive coordinators. And uh, I think the fourth or fifth name down is, is Blake Baker, who uh, a lot of Miami fans were not happy about, but. Um...
1: <laughs> well, also Randy Shannon made the list. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, the opinion I guess from the UM fan base, I don't know. Would you? Would you? Is it fair to say it's it's split, or how would you describe it? Like, uh, uh, you know, I think bl- people don't necessarily think Blake is on the same level as Manny Diaz. Or am I? Right. Or am? Or am I putting words in people's mouths? I don't know. So I think overall the Miami fan base might be surprised to see Blake Baker on this board. Um, but maybe it's, it's kind of a reality check that the coaching community, uh, does kind of have a lot of respect for Baker as a young up and coming defensive coordinator, um, who, you know, overall the defense was good. Um, you know, was it good in, in some situations? No, they needs to improve in some ways. Um, But overall, it was a good, you know, I would say top 20-ish defense. And, you know, I I do think it's interesting that he is on the short list of LSU candidates for defensive coordinator. Will he really get an interview? I don't know. Um, I would say no. I mean, I don't don't think so. I
0: I just thought it was funny just kind of given, you know, what has been said over the past month or so about him that you know the defending national champs or at least the people that cover the defending national champs uh thought highly enough of him to to include him on the list
1: right and maybe that's just a louisiana tech connection you know he did a good job at louisiana tech and he's a name they know so who knows but yeah it is it is interesting and you know i i overall i think blake did a solid job uh, I I still think there's more room to grow, and I think he he can grow because he's a young coach that's still learning how to do it, do it at a high level at a place like Miami. So, uh, you know, year two is going to be a big year for him. Final
0: thing I wanted to get into Miami, uh, another decommitment in the class of 2021 on Thursday night. Uh, three star athlete, uh, or sorry, three star wide receiver Frederick Eford out of Hialeah. He backed off a um, verbal commitment to the Hurricanes. Uh, for me, this this is just South Florida. You know, he's a guy who committed to the Hurricanes this past summer uh, after impressing at one of the 7-on-7 tournaments. Uh, and from what I heard, he has opened this uh, thing back up because he wants to see which other schools are going to offer him. So um, this is just kind of the nature of the beast, I guess. I mean...
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is... We've been doing this. We've been seeing this for a decade now, and it's it's kind of rinse and repeat to me. Um, still, plenty of time to get them back in the boat if Miami wants to. Um, you know, twenty twenty one is a loaded year, so there's going to be a lot of wide receiver options out there um, for Miami to chase. So, don't necessarily think it's it's the biggest deal to be honest.
0: Yeah. Anything else, David, you want to get into before we uh, kind of wrap this thing up?
1: No, I would just say, you know, Andrew's going to be all over the Derek King stuff. So, um, you know, stay tuned to the website for the latest news and notes. Uh, It's probably going to be tough to get that information. But when Andrew does get it, he will definitely put it out there. And, you know, I think all of our fingers are crossed Miami fan base that, uh, Manny and Rhett Lashley can can pull it off so we'll see we'll see how it goes
0: yeah and I just as a reminder timelines for everyone I mean the the two high school kids in on on official visits those things will wrap up on Sunday so I'd be checking the site on Sunday for, for some post visit reaction there we still don't really know exactly what uh, Derek King's timeline is um, but you know if he's gonna be at Miami it's gonna have to be by Tuesday because uh, there is a um, that's the final day to add classes at, at, at Miami for the spring semester. So it should be an exciting time, um, like always. And you know, I think we said last time we were on the podcast, like stay tuned, news will be happening soon. And <laughs> that's, it. that's exactly kind of what happened.
1: Yes, yes, it never ends, does it? No. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned to the site. Hopefully we'll, we'll have good news with Derek King. And, uh, you know, hopefully everyone has a good weekend out there. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.